want to um, I feel bad that this might be a controversial subject, but I want to uh, spend the month um, preaching on something that seems to be uh, I don't know almost forced upon us, especially this month being designated by uh, President Obama as uh, Pride Month. And um, so we're going to, we're just going to look at and see what the Bible says today. Um, I think that it's a challenging days that, that we live in. And this all started, I was, I was giving thought to preaching a message this morning on uh, the, consen- the consecration of a believer's mind. And um, just where's our mind at and, and how we need to uh, consecrate our mind. And uh, the definition of consecration would be dedicating someone or something to the service of God, set apart. And so uh, to be set apart and to have the mind that, as a matter of fact, uh, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians that uh, we're not to instruct God, but we do have the mind of Christ. And so that's what we want. We, we want to have the mind of Christ. And sometimes we find that uh, the scriptures uh, definitely teach uh, against what is going on in culture. And so I'm not here to, uh, I, I, don't, I don't have to condemn anyone. I'm not one that does that. Uh, you actually, uh, every one of us have a choice to make, and if you are condemned, it's because you have chosen to condemn yourself, and it's a choice that you have made, and so I'm not here to do that, but I am here during this time because we are being flooded this month on the the uh, LGBTQ plus two uh, movement that, that is going on. I uh, the commercials on television that you see, the uh, I, I remember last year, they haven't done it yet this year, but the Zillow app that you have on your phone uh, had made that Zillow app, the, the rainbow. Uh, we have uh, seen the, the movies that are advertised on, on uh, Netflix and Amazon. We have, uh, I, I even saw a, a couple of days ago that all of the armed forces have come out with their own uh, rainbows in support of uh, the LGBTQ plus two movement. And so I have no idea what the plus two means. And I'm not going to ask. I, I don't, uh, because y- you know what I see is my heart goes out to those that uh, are trying to seek happiness in a way that it will never, ever bring them the happiness that they want and they will still be unfulfilled because it's not the way that God has intended things to be and so but we are we are inundated with that and and um, I just thought you, you know over the next few weeks that's what we're going to do we're just going to take a, a look at what the scripture has to say and and truly what I want is is I pray that people, whether whether they're caught up in that movement, whether they're caught up in any kind of a cultural movement, and 
worldly whatever the world is trying to offer, trying to find that happiness, I want you to know that in, in all reality, you are bound and you are handcuffed and you have no choice in decisions that you're going to make until you finally find that the release, that the burden is lifted at Calvary and it's when you come to, to Christ and with a humble heart and an open heart and you seek that forgiveness that God has given and with a repentant and humble heart, you ask Christ to save you, he will save you. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've been. All that matters is that you have come to him seeking forgiveness in your life, and he will forgive you. And he will, he will promise you a place in heaven where you can live your life and, and know that you can live your life in a way that is honoring and pleasing to God, and you can have joy that cannot be taken away by anything that that comes at you and and your faith can grow and you can be stable in in a crazy environment around you and that's exactly what god wants and that's what i want for every one of you too and so and we need to understand that the devil is devious in what he does and and how he tries to manipulate us and that and that challenge is seen uh even more drastically with our children and we, we see that our children are being inundated with these things. I, I, I read that over the weekend there was a bar in Dallas, Texas that uh, sent, out a, sent out an invite to everyone around that uh, come and dance and sing with the LGBTQ plus two movement and, and let them stand up on stage and sing karaoke with, with, with people that were uh, dressed up like dogs thinking they are a dog and put a leash around their neck and had a muzzle on their mouth. And, and we have, I, I mean, we, we hear of, we hear of place. I hear of it. I haven't, don't know that it's a fact for sure because I haven't seen it with my own eyes, but I've heard of places that are putting litter boxes in the bathrooms for people who believe themselves to be cats. And, and, um, I, you would almost laugh, but you can't. I mean, people are seeking and trying to find happiness. I don't see how anybody could be happy being a stinking cat. <laughs> I just have a hard time with cats, you know, or or even you know. Uh, you you want to you want to be a dachshund dog you know bark at everything you know uh, I, I don't I it's it's amazing to me where where if we have no boundaries where do we ever stop there there isn't anywhere to stop there there's nothing to stop us from hey my happiness is thinking that I'm a horse today or or you know today I'm I'm going to be a solid oak tree you know or I, I don't know. I mean, we, we think it's crazy, but in, in this day uh, and, and age that we're dealing with, uh, we're, we're dealing with what we would think um, would, would be some problems that we need to sit down and deal with. We have now tried to normalize all of this and tell us that, it, that it's normal. Well, the, the devil, I'm telling you, is, is very subtle, and if he can get your children to think these things, then he has that society. Hitler made the statement I got thrown in Facebook jail for quoting this one time. 
Um, but Hitler made the statement, so we'll probably get uh, thrown off of here today. So, But he made the statement. He said, he alone who owns the youth gains the future. Do you hear that? He alone who owns the youth gains the future. Hitler may have said it, but Satan devised it. And we know that we are in a battle for the mind. And, and we as believers today need to understand the battle that we are in. And this is a battle. Look, th- this, isn't, this isn't some little skirmish, okay? This is a battle for life and death. Th- this is a battle for you, your spouse. This is a battle for your children, for your family, this is a battle for the next generation to come. This is a battle that, that ultimately we will either win this or we will see the, the, the entire world be destroyed by what is taking place. And yes, it is that bad. And, and, it's, and it's, not just, it's not just the LGBTQ plus two movement that, that is so devious. It, it is everything that is taking place in our world. And it's not just our country it's taking place in all of our world today, that, and we need to fight against that, and we need to find that this is what I was talking about earlier, about being a committed believer and a committed disciple that we were looking at in the morning uh, uh, connections class, is that we need to make a decision that we are going to follow what God's Word says. We don't have to be, we don't have to be rude about it. We don't have to be in your face and, and shoving something down people's throats. But we do need to take a stand, and we do not need to veer nor venture away nor move from that stand that we have. And why? Because the Bible doesn't change on this. The Bible has not changed on this, and, and we need to live by that. And so we need to understand in this, this battle for the mind, and all today I'm doing is giving you an introduction. But this battle is that Satan will do his best to keep one's mind blinded to the truth. Look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. We need to understand this is a spiritual battle that's taking place. Yes, we see the, the physical results of that being manifest in, in, in different kinds of behavior that is out there. And, and um, it, it's a state of confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. God is very systematic, and, and, and we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and, and God has a perfect plan, and, and there is no confusion. If there is confusion in your life, I want you to know that it's not coming from God, and God will give you solid uh, biblical counsel through the Holy Spirit of God and through the power of His Word and reading and understanding His Word, He will bring you to the the direction that you need to have in your life and not have that confusion. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1, therefore, we'll go through verse 6, therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. And so his ministry is, is sharing the gospel. And not only that, he goes into a description. We but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. One, one of the things that, one of the, one of the, the characters that characteristics that you will find in any class that 
you ever take on homiletics or you take in public speaking or in sales or, or whatever it is that you're doing, po- po- politics is that, that the first thing that if, if you are going to have any kind of influence on someone's life, you need to tell the truth. You hear me? Tell the truth. And so by God's, by God's grace, that is exactly what I want to do. I want to tell you the truth. I want you to know that God's word is true. And as long as we stay at God's word, it's true. And we're not lying. And we know that we can count on this and know that God is right. And that if we do these things, God will bring us to to the place where we we know that we're a born-again believer. We know that we have eternal life. We know that God's plan is the best. And and then we need to fulfill God's plan for our lives. And and so here, you, you want to have influence in someone's life always tell them the truth whether whether it's hard or not tell them the truth men go home and tell your wife do not ask me ever if that dress makes you look fat i'm telling you the truth and i'm telling you right now don't ask me all right (laughs) oh Oh, but Hidden things of dishonesty. They renounce that. Not walking in craftiness. Look, we don't. Uh, you ever been in a religion or around a religion where they're very crafty and how they the the vernacular of the words they're using, or or they, they want to hide what it is that they believe. Or uh, look, I don't I don't ever want to do that. I don't want you to do that. We we don't have to be crafty and and deceiving and 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 deceitful in, in the things that we're doing, and nor handling the Word of God deceitfully. You know, Jim Jones was a man that, that handled the Word of God deceitfully. He ended up talking, what, 900 people to move to Guyana, and there drank the poison Kool-Aid, and they all died. And so that's handling the Word of God deceitfully. It, it could be even something a, a little less than that. It could be just me coming in here and and maybe I have a pet peeve or something that really bothers me, and, and, and I don't like dachshunds. And so maybe I could find some scripture that, that, that you know, shows us how we need to eat dachshunds or something, you know? We need to exterminate them. I, don't, I, <clears throat> I know some of you have some very precious dachshunds, all right? My mom and dad have some that are demon-possessed. Always have. I mean, you celebrate when one dies, and what do they do? They go get another one. And he's just as mean as the last one. And I got scars showing you that dachshunds are not nice. And so that I could, I don't know, I could deceitfully use the word of God to show my hatred is okay for a dachshund. I, I don't know, whatever. And so, uh, but I just, you know, anyway, moving on. <clears throat> I could preach all day on the meanness of dachshunds. The handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Look, Paul did everything he could to reveal the truth of God's word. He did everything he could, humanly possible, to tell people that you need to trust in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and what he has done for you, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. He died on that cross for the sins of the world and that 
anyone that will come to him and, and, and look to him for that salvation, he will give it to you. When you come to him with that repentant and humble heart, and, and so we call on Christ and trust him. And, but if the gospel continue to be hid, you need to understand that it's not God that is hiding that gospel. He is, he's not willing that any should perish, but everyone should come to repentance and the knowledge of God. And he wants you to know that. And, and so if, if you are still just doubting and wondering if it's true, I want you to know that it is true and that if you will humbly come to God, He will show you that it's true and He will save you and trust in Him and look to Him. And, but if it is hid to them, then it's hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so here we know that that the devil is going to do everything he can to keep you blinded to this. And in 2 Corinthians 10, in verse 3, it tells us this. For though we walk in the flesh, and we do, we conduct our lives, we live every day, this is flesh, right? And so every day we walk in the flesh, right? We do not war after the flesh. Look, this, this war, we need to understand, this war is not with those who are part of the LGBTQ plus 2 movement or, or any other movement they're, they're in, the, the BLM or the White Panthers or any other kind of group that is out there, that, that whatever they may be, I don't care what they are, this is, not, this is not a battle with them. It is a spiritual battle. And the only way that you're ever going to convince someone that you need to turn from those things is to show them there is something better and it's absolutely nothing I can give you than offer you that is better. But Jesus can. And he is better. And he will give you a life that gets rid of the anger and the bitterness and, the, and all the frustrations and the anxieties and the hatred and, and the violence and whatever else is coming and the, the, just the, the dissatisfaction that you have in life and the, you're not content with anything. And Well, I can tell you that God can replace all of that with something that this world has not to offer and you'll never find it here. It only comes through Christ. And so here we need to, uh, and, and I look, I preach this to you because I preach it to myself. We cannot take these things uh, uh, personally. And, and when we see those who are acting that way and looking at that and the vile and the disgusting sin that it is, we're just as vile and just as disgusting. We're sinners also. But oh, how we need to tell them about Jesus, and he can bring you out of that. And, and so let us, let us fight this battle in a way that brings honor and glory to God. Am I ever going to say what they're doing is right? No. Am I ever going to tell someone if that lying is okay? No, that's wrong. We don't do that. Is pride good? No, it's not. 
Do we ever say it's okay? No, we should not. All those things God says are wrong. And so it's all together. We're, we're all in this same basket, in this same sinful state, and, and, and we need Christ. And if we've trusted Christ, and praise the Lord. Act like it. <laughs> Live like it. And so here we go on, and, and he tells us in verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now, I know that there are certain battles that have to be fought. If some crazy person comes walking through here that, that is listening to the demons in his head and, and probably possessed by the devil himself, and they walk into this building and think that they are going to just start uh, shooting everybody that's in here and we're not going to do what is necessary to stop that threat, they really are crazy. I mean, there are times when, and, and, and guys, you're just not much of a man if you won't stand up and defend your own family. And so you need to, you need to be the shepherd of your family. You need to guard your family. You need, to, you need to be the one that is watching over and guarding as much as you can. And, and I know that there's part of that, I understand, but, but, but that's, just dealing with, that's just dealing with the results of, of what's going on here. There was a much bigger battle going on way before this. Somebody needed to be telling that person about Jesus, and, and maybe if somebody would have been bold enough and as a family member, as a dad who would lead their family, or, or mom who would have actually, instead of worrying so much about your family, started praying for your family, and maybe that person would have lived a whole different life than, than the one that they did, and, and, and they would have understood that there are good choices to make, make the right ones. And so... Here we, but here we know that, that that battle starts way before we ever see the results of that. And, and, the, and the weapons that we have are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Look, I don't, I don't know whatever the stronghold may be that the devil is using to hold you down. God can break it. And I know that he can, and I've seen it happen. I've seen what God can do. I've seen what the devil can do, too. I know what God can do, and I know how he can deliver any of us from whatever it is that is holding you down. You need to understand casting down imaginations. So God pulls down those strongholds, and then you know what we need to do? And, and with God's help, cast down the imaginations. Cast down those things that are going on in our mind and the, the thoughts that we have, the reasonings that we have, the arguments that we have with ourselves, and the arguments that we have with God and the arguments that we have with God's Word. And I don't know, you may be one that has someone caught up in some addiction or one of these lifestyles. You say, look, I love this person and, and I don't want them to think that I'm going to hate them, so I'm going to accept everything that I'm doing to show them that I love them. And look, that isn't love. Love is telling them that, look, you need to stop these things and you need to find freedom in Jesus. If I, you, you see your little child running for a stove and, and you got those burners on and, and you see that little guy reaching up and is getting ready to pull a pan of boiling water over on their head, I'm sure you're just going to say, ah, that's just little Johnny doing what he does. And, and I got to let him know I'm not, I can't scold him. What would he think if I scolded him? And you're just going to let him pull that boiling water over on his head? No. 
You're going to yell. You're going to scream. You're going to run at him. You're going to scare the bajiggers out of him. You know? Trying to get him to stop. Well, we need to do the same. We need to let them know we love them. And you're making some bad choices in your life. And do what's right. And stop trying to justify the reasoning for your misbehavior and your attitude towards the Word of God. It's right here telling you, oh, so many problems are caused by our mind, and the devil knows that. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Lord, I know what you say, but I got this. This just makes more sense to me. And, and really, the, all the culture is saying it's okay, so if culture says it's okay, then it must be okay. Well, God never has been one to go much with culture. And so anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you need to cast it down and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It is such a mind game today. Why do you think we get inundated with all of that stuff? Just push it, push it, push it, push it, push it, push it all the time. You know, the sex ed that, that they, they tried to pass here, or they did pass here in the state of Colorado a couple of years ago, you know, and pushing the agenda, pushing an agenda, pushing an agenda, and just continue to push it and push it and push it and push it. Why? Because the more you see it, the, 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 the more that you are hardened to it, and then pretty soon it just doesn't bother you, and, and it becomes normal. Well, it doesn't become normal to God. And so here we need to, Take every thought that we have in captivity and bring it into obedience to God and to Christ. And, and Christ is the Word, and, and we know that whatever Christ is, is the Word. And we need to take the Word then and make it be the directive that we live by. You know how careful we need to be. Why? Why is this such a battle? Well, go back to Isaiah 14. I want to show you a couple of things. We're, we're going to do some history today. We see here in Isaiah 14 and verse 12, we see the fall of Satan, okay? Verse 12, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars, the, above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation to the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. We know that he was cast to earth because of that, and, and we know that he rebelled against God. And turn over to Ezekiel, if you would, just a little further on to your right in your Bible. Uh, we were Remember we were talking about the major and the minor prophets, and so... Here's one of the major prophets that we have in Ezekiel 28, and this is also a reference to the devil, but here it's, and he calls him the king of Tyrus, but moreover, verse 11 of, of Ezekiel 28, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Cyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. How can the devil be so deceiving? Because he was a beautiful angel. And he was an angel of light. 
And he could deceive a lot of people. He deceived a bunch of angels themselves to rebel against God. And those are the demons today. You know this? <laughs> I'll move on. I'm going to run out. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, sapphire, emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub, and, and the, uh, a cherub was an angel that, that guards God's holiness. This, this here is the devil himself who was guarding the very holiness of God. And he chose to go his own way because he wanted to be God. And, and I have set thee so, thou, thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. And thou hast sinned, therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled the sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth the fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee. And I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shall thou be any more. Why does Satan fight so hard to keep someone's mind blind? Because he hates God. And he hates everything that represents God. Any of you that have trusted Christ as your Savior, he hates you. Every one of you that are sitting here and you have not placed your faith in Christ as your Savior, He hates you because you're a creation of God and He wants you to be destroyed and He wants your children to be destroyed. He wants your marriages to be destroyed. And oh, how slick He is in, in devising plans and making us think ways that we should not think and thinking ways that are ungodly and thinking high-mindedly of ourselves and, and hear how careful we need to be. And so we know that it, it tells us then in, in Luke chapter 10, you've got to hang with me and you'll understand where I'm headed here by the end of this, I hope. But in Luke chapter 10, this is what Jesus says in, in uh, verses 17 uh, through 20. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And so he knows, and he was there the day that Satan was cast out of heaven and cast here on earth. And, and, and uh, we need to understand that the, the power of, of who this uh, uh, angel is. And the thing you need to understand is he's not God. But he's a creation, he's an angel that was created by God, and so he is limited in his power. God is not. And so being limited, he's going to do what he can to keep your minds blinded to the truth. He's going to do what he can to keep people blinded from uh, looking at the Word of God and, and comparing their lives to the Word of God. He's, 
He's going to do what he can to keep believers preoccupied, and, and, and he is constantly going to be causing fires over here to keep you looking here instead of here. Know how careful we need to be in understanding that we are living in the devil's world today. So let us be careful in what we're doing and, and understanding and, and truly understand who he is. In Ephesians 6, this is what it tells us in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You can't fight a demon with a gun. You hear me? You, you, might, you might be able to fight someone who is possessed by a demon, but you can't fight the demon with a gun. He's not scared of your guns. He's not scared of your knife. He's not scared of your physical ability. He could, he could take you out. I, I just read in my devotions that this morning, I was trying to think, I, I read the last chapter of 2 Samuel, can't remember which, which chapter that is now, but it was the last chapter of 2 Samuel, and David numbered the nation, and, and he was judged for that, and so there was a, there, there was a plague that came over uh, the nation of Israel, and as one angel killed 70,000 people. One angel. One angel is all it took. You cannot beat an angel. You hear me? You cannot do battle against the devil on your own and be careful in some prideful, arrogant attitude that, that, that you think that you can whip the devil. You can't whip the devil. You can't even whip his minions. But God can and rely on him. And so that's what he says to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And once you get it on there, leave it on. Don't take the armor off. Don't listen to these things that are trying to tell you to take a break from these things. And take a break from your Bible reading. Take a break from your prayer life. Take a break from being the guardian of your family. And, and thinking, man, I am just tired of saying no about everything. And so, and you give in to, to, to the, the little twerps that... Do you realize up until they're like 23, they only are using about half their brain? I'm not trying to be insulting here. I'm just telling you the facts. And you, you think, you see your teen do something, you think, what are you doing? Well, he's using that part that he's never used before. Okay? <laughs> it's, new, it's, it's new territory. It's okay to be the bad guy. One day, whether you think they ever will or not, they'll see why you did it. And one day they'll understand the love that you have. And you know what? And even if they don't, you can lay down at night and know that you did what God wanted you to do. And you leave it there. And so here, but put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And when you talk about wiles, he is extremely scheming, and crafty in what he does oh how we need to be careful sometimes you might come to me and talk to me and think man you just you know pretty hard nosed on on certain things and you know and 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 what it may be is whatever you're talking about and and the pastor don't budge on it 
you, you know what, it may be okay, but the pastor also sees that you do this, then these three other things could happen. And the best thing to do is we're not going to go into the could happens because we're just going to stay here. We're not even going to go over there. And so we'll stay where we're at and guard against that. And, and so that's why we do that. But here, and why? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, I, I know that we have our little wrestling team and, and uh, I've watched some of those little guys get twisted into a pretzel. You know, I think, man, if they did that to me, I would not walk again. I'd be in traction for six months, you know. But I watched them, and, and wrestling is a, it really is, I, 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 hate, I hate that I'm even saying this, because I, I played basketball, and all I can think about wrestling is ringworm. And so I'm sorry, but, you know, it's just the way it is. But <clears throat> wrestling really does teach you some life skills. And, and let you know that, you know, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. And, and you put every effort into it that you possibly can. And that other guy, maybe he was a little bit smarter. Maybe, maybe it wasn't he was smarter. Maybe he was just, he, he knew more moves than you did. And I, I don't know. I don't wrestle, okay? And, and maybe he just, maybe he was just strong as an ox, you know? Pick you up and body slam you and you know, and do the undertaker and, you know, and I don't know. That's my wrestling is WWF, you know, back in the good, good old days when it was real. <laughs> but this wrestling, this is something totally different. This is a wrestling for life. You imagine getting on a wrestling mat and saying you wrestle until somebody dies. I mean, that, that's the kind of spiritual battle that we are in. And the only way that, oh, yeah, you, you're going to wrestle, and, and guess what? There's going to be days in your life as a believer, you're going to skip out on some things that you thought were important, and bam, down the mat you went. Well, okay, wake up, see? <laughs> and then what are you going to do? Well, you're going to get back up because he didn't pin you. How'd you get back up? Lord, help me. I messed up. And I confess that to you. And he says, all right, get back up and get back in it. You just keep wrestling. You keep fighting. And it might be the fight is taking place right here. It isn't, it isn't anything physical. It's just right here. I have most of my battles right here. You know, I, I use territory up there that... That's not usually used, and that's a bad thing. That keeps you up at night, you know? But the battles that take place there and how we know what's right and we know what's wrong and we continue to battle and we continue to fight. And, and well, you need to understand that that battle is taking place, whether, whether in your mind, whether it's in your flesh and your own thoughts or whether it's a devil throwing things at you and causing you to think this and sitting there on your shoulder and chirping in your ear and saying, yeah, you are worthless and you are vile and, and there's no way that God could ever love you or there's no way that God could ever uh, uh, forgive you for the things that you've done or, or there's no way that God is more powerful than your addiction or whatever it is. There, there's no way that that God can restore your marriage. There's no way that God could ever bring that kid back to where he needs to be. There, there's no way that God can restore those things in your life. 
I'm saying that, yes, there is. You need to trust him. You need to do battle with him every day, and you need to wrestle, and and you don't let him take over your mind, and and you don't let him play there in your mind, and you don't invite him in as a guest. You, You tell him to stay away, and you resist him. Know how we need to understand that, that if we are ever to have a consecrated mind, then we need to understand that there is a battle for that mind. And, and the devil knows that if you have a consecrated mind to the will of God, that he's going to lose. And so he's going to go after you as much as he can. And this earth, this world that we are living in, this is his playground. This is his place. This is where he lives. This is where he resides. That is why that we have so much that, that in our culture that is so anti-God is because this is, this is the devil's place. And he's going to do things and bring things out that are totally anti-against what God's Word says. And we have to live by what God's Word says. The world has a hard time understanding people living by conviction. But people need to understand that conviction is something that you live by and you're willing to die by. We're not talking about preferences. We're talking about conviction. So are you willing to die by your convictions? And so you stay focused and you fight against the principalities and the powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. All of that's the demonic realm that he's talking about. There is definitely a demonic realm that's running around and trying to do all that they can to do the Satan's bidding and, and trying to destroy us. And yes, you ought to pay attention. As a matter of fact, says that Satan, what's he doing? He, he's walking about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. All the time he's doing it. If you knew, <laughs> hey, I just want you to know that we just let loose 10 man-hungry lions right outside the door here just about five minutes ago. Good luck getting to your car. And you're probably going to pay attention, aren't you? Or what if I said, you know what? I don't know where it's at, but there's a nest of rattlesnakes out there in our parking lot, and somebody probably parked right over that nest, and they're probably really ticked off at you. So be careful how you get in your car. Probably going to pay attention, aren't you? Well, why do we not pay attention when God says you better pay attention because the devil is out there and he's seeking to kill you? And so let our minds be dominated by the thoughts of God and let us remember what we are and who we are. And I end with this. I I love this. I love this passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verses 9 through 11. At some point in time, this one of these things that were said probably represents one of us in the way that we used to live. Might even represent you today. And I'm telling you that today is a day to change that. Okay? It says in verse 9, 1 Corinthians 6, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, God isn't some passive little grandpa that is just going to baby and spoil everyone that's his kids and let them do whatever it is that he wants to do and let creation do whatever they want to do and, and not be, be
be punished for that. Yeah, we will be either, you'll either be punished with eternal separation from God in hell, or as a believer, if you're going to live in disobedience, you're going to be chastened. And God's going to give you a spanking. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Now he's writing to believers and telling them in a command, stop being deceived. Don't believe the lies of this world or the devil, neither fornicators. And what are fornicators? Any kind of sexual immorality. God isn't happy with that. Our world is full of it today. All kinds of sexual immorality. The word that is used there is the word we have for pornography. It includes that. It includes all, most of the trash that's on TV anymore. It includes the magazines. It includes your phone. And it, boy, that dates me, doesn't it? You know, back in the good old days, you'd had to sneak into a 7-Eleven and you had to be tall enough to reach on the top shelf to get those nasty magazines. And then they're wrapped in paper to where you can't see anything. And most of those 7-Eleven guys knew that when that 12-year-old comes walking in there, you know what, I don't think you're quite old enough to buy that, buddy. Back in the good old days, now our kids have it all over the place have it on their phones. We have, we have these boys with all of these raging hormones and they're trying to convince you young ladies that for you to be sexy and for you to be liked and for you to actually have the attention of men is what truly is important and tries to convince you to send them pictures of you over your phone and think that that's normal and a good thing. Don't give away something that you can't get back. Don't give away something that you can't get back. And so don't, don't listen to that little hormone <laughs> that's telling you you ought to do this to be liked. Your identity is in Christ. Your identity and who you are and, and how you are accepted, you are accepted as a child of God, you are accepted into the beloved. And so live in a way that will bring honor and glory to God. Fornication isn't good, nor idolaters. You know what the idolater is today so much is one that worships their own body. That's what we're running into, and if it feels good to you, it's okay to do it. That's idolatry. Nor adulterers. If you're married... Stay married to your spouse. Don't be looking at anybody else's. If you do, I hope you get a bloody nose. No adulterers, nor effeminate. You know, so much of the church age today, people do not preach on this, but here it is. The effeminate is two things, all right? They are men that are very feminine. And it also, I, I hate to tell you this, and and I know all the little kids are upstairs, but it's the passive partner in a same-sex relationship. That is what the Bible is telling us. Those that want to tell you that this isn't in the Bible, it's in the Bible. God's dealt with it all, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. That's sodomite. That's sodomy. That is what it is. It's never right. I mean, we have that... We have it taught in our schools. That's not sex. That's safe. No, it's not. No, it's not. And it's not right. Don't do it. Don't let teachers teach your kids that. 
Don't let other kids tell your kids that it's okay. It's not okay. All, all you're going to do is cause so many problems, mental problems, developmental problems, and those children that are going through that, and, and boys that are, you know, seeking happiness in relationship after relationship after relationship, and you have girls who think that they must do this in order to be loved, and, and then they're going to find out that all you are is a piece of meat, and there is no love in that, and, and, and it'll never bring you any satisfaction or no happiness, and I don't care what the world tells you, it's not right. God says just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Nor thieves. And that's something else. Don't steal something from someone that they can't get back. And it means more than that. Had one of our members, somebody tried to steal fuel from his place yesterday. You know, just park your vehicles and stuff where, you know, you can guard it as much as you can. You know, and if you catch them, bring them over here and we'll just have a little chat. We'll tell them about Jesus. If they don't want to listen, well, you know, we'll, uh, moving on. Nor covetous, greedy, swindlers, nor drunkards, those that are addicted to alcohol. Don't be addicted to anything other than following the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And if you do have an addiction, Turn it over to God. That's what we do here. I know it's just something simple. Take your addiction, write it on a piece of paper, confess it to God for what it is, it's sin. You want delivery from it, write it on that piece of paper, take it over there, staple it on that cross, and walk away and leave it there. And let God give you deliverance. He can. I know he can. I, I, whatever it is that the addiction may be. I mean, there's... Name them. Maybe you are addicted thinking you're a cat. Give it to God. I mean, you're, you're looking for your right. Maybe it's that you are addicted to the mentality that you just cannot find yourself. Uh, you know what? Place yourself on that piece of paper, nail it on that cross, and ask Jesus Christ to give you your identity. And he'll show you. Trust him. But he goes on nor revilers, and that revilers are abusive, and a lot of that comes with addictions, does it not? I mean, that's a result of that. Nor extortioners, and uh, we, we know that, shall inherit, inherit the kingdom of God. None of these, right? And then look at verse 11. This is my favorite verse, one of them. And such were some of you. Yep. Yep. You know what? We've been there. We know. Yeah, we understand. Yeah, some of it brings some shame to us. Some of it brings sadness to us. Some of it brings uh, embarrassment to us. But you know what? It shouldn't. What it should bring is a joy and a happiness because that's what you were. God can deliver you. But you're washed. Washed by the blood of Christ given a perfect will and a perfect passion in your life to live in a way that will bring honor and glory to God. You are sanctified. You are holy. You are set apart. You are consecrated to God. But ye are justified, pronounced righteous, 
in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You're washed, you're sanctified, and you're justified. So let's live for Him. Find the joy, find the peace that only comes through Jesus Christ. Look to Him. Confess it all to Him. Give it all to Him. Ask Him to save you from all of that and deliver you. And when you do that, you only have to do that once. You hear me? Do you understand that? You only have to do it once. You give it to Him and you are a child of God, and he gives you as a deposit the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to keep you, preserve you, until that day of redemption. So live for him. You know him as your Savior, and you're not living for him? Confess it. God, I'm not living for you, and I'm not doing these things right, and I need them out of my life. And Lord, I ask you today, I know they're wrong, and I'm confessing it to you, and I'm giving them to you, and I'm walking way out of here. I'm cleansed of all these things, and I know that I'm forgiven of these things, and I'm going to live for you today. If you don't know him, then confess it all to him and ask him to save you, and he'll give you eternal life, and he will give you the mind of Christ. Christians, stop walking around, putting your mind in neutral, and letting it rattle along. Engage it into gear, pay attention to what you need to do, and make the choices that God wants you to make as a child of God. Those things might have been what you were, that's not what you are today. Today you're a child of God, let's live that way, and let's help each other to continue to do so. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, and I pray that you help us. I pray you do a work in our minds that... Lord, we can defeat whatever the battle may be that's going on in our lives. And, Lord, my heart does go out to so many in our, in our country, in our, in our world, but right now, especially for me, our community. Lord, so many just searching, so many kids trying to find identity and trying to, they're just questioning everything. And, and there's, there's, all there is is confusion. And, and, Lord, I pray that you would send us to them and that, we would be pricked by the Holy Spirit to share the truth and to encourage them and let them know that there is a peace and a satisfaction in knowing Christ, not only as their Savior, but then as their Lord and living for you. And Lord, we know it won't be easy. We know that Satan's going to go after us and we know there are going to be days when we lose the battle, but we're not going to lose the war. And so you help us. Bring us where we need to be, and Lord, whatever decisions need to be made today in the lives of each one who's sitting here, I pray that you would be pricking their hearts and showing them, and that, Lord, they settle things with you today before they leave today. God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the faithfulness of it. I'm thankful that it's never changed. I'm thankful that you haven't. And I'm thankful for your grace and your mercy that you show to us. And Father, I pray that you help us. Help us to be what you'd want us to be. Whatever needs to be done, show each one today. Help them, Lord, get things dealt with today in their lives. And Father, you bring us to that point where we are used powerfully by you. Lord, we love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 546, if you need a hymnal, just want to give you an opportunity. We're just going to sing that first verse. Do business with God. Lay it there if you need to. And 
you need to, if you want to do something, like I said, take a little piece of paper and write it out and staple it over there. We have paper over there. We have a pen over there. I know it's just a show, but you know what? It can help you to remember that's the day when I gave that to God and I'm not going back. I want God to have it. Go over there and do it. Take care of it. Do business with God. Whatever it is that you need to do, let's all stand as we sing. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Ushers, if you will come, we'll have everyone go ahead and be seated. We'll take the camp offering quickly, and then we'll be dismissed. But uh, so good to...